Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 69 of On the Flank. Nice. I'm one of your hosts, John George, and uh, I'm alongside uh, Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Uh, Joe, we are we're here back for another week, except I'm in a different place. I'm in Boston now officially. I, I have a place. I'm living here. I'm partially moved in. And uh, the season starts in two weeks, and my job starts in less than a week on Monday. So it's crazy. Yeah. Um, after uh, after this one, only two shows till opening weekend. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. And after this is the last show where I probably won't be as biased as I will be once I start working there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, once once I'm around them, that that's the effect it has on me. Especially like Echo Fox too. Like just being around the players, I'm just like, oh yeah, this team can win it all because I just love I I fall in love with the people there, and I just. You know, I love being friends with them. So I'm like, oh, you could win it all. Absolutely. Uh, so I imagine that that's what will happen. Um, but yeah, let's start off. Let's just get right into it. Let's start off with uh, news that came out last week and should probably should have been on our last podcast, but I forgot about it. Jo- Joe thought that, I mean, rightfully so, Joe thought that that the kits were, are the new Overwatch League jerseys were just new, like a new merch just line. Merch, yeah. Which I totally thought thought for an entire day, like an entire day's worth before I like checked the, I reread the article and I was like, oh, this is, these are the new jerseys, um, which is crazy because they don't look like jerseys clearly as both me and Joe uh, did not suspect it. But uh, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't seen the article, it's, it's more of a visual thing. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to describe them well on a podcast. But yeah, go look at the article on overwatchleague.com if you haven't seen the new kits yet. And uh, since it is a podcast, we give opinions here. Joe, what's your opinion on these new jerseys? I think it's interesting. Um, and partly because it's not like, quote unquote, a jersey. Um, but like, I'll have to see. Uh, you, you know like what, how the players look in them and stuff. I mean, like right, lots of the pictures online are just like of models and Malik. Uh, <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> although they, they did have some, they did have some players in there, but um, but like how the players in it, apparently um, they was like super uh, super focused on like what the players wanted. Though there's one point he says it's like even to the point where it's like function over form, which traditionally that's not a phrase you hear in the uh, in the the clothing design world. I wouldn't think, mm-hmm. but um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's super cool. And I mean, it's all you know based on based on the teams, based on the colors. Um, they've got like fancy sleeves that like you can it looks like you can add to it. Like it's not necessarily part of it, but you can like also, uh, like a lot of people put wood on their mouse arm, um, uh, like during, during matches and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting sort of thing. Um, it's not like a traditional Jersey, which I think is a good thing because you don't like need something to be, um, you, you know, like athletic wear or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a super unique look, and I think that's um, that's that's a good thing for going into season three. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I like the look too. Honestly, it, um, I think jerseys are great. 
Um, but just porting over basically like football jerseys or baseball or basketball or any of these, like it has to be when it comes to esports, that they're going to have to start designing like jerseys that make sense for people playing video games, not physical activity. Um, and this totally makes sense. And it looks like there are tons of options because, um, you can see space in one of the pictures with, uh, gladiators, long sleeve jerseys, Jersey, um, which seems like that's like something taken from soccer, uh, because in soccer you can either the player decides, or they probably get a bunch of each, but, um, some of the players are wearing long sleeve jerseys. Some are wearing short. Um, it's, it's up to them. I personally freaking love long sleeve shirts in general, but also long sleeve soccer jerseys more than short sleeve ones. So I think that's awesome. Um, and yeah, they just look super cool designed. I just hope the numbers player name and number are still on the back because I, I like that personally as a collectible item, at least the, at least the name, obviously I, we don't need numbers, but yeah, I, I'd like that. Um, yeah, I would be, or I wouldn't be surprised if that was still there, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. I think someone said something about it and on Reddit, like someone went on there, like one of the production people said something. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, we didn't get to see all of the jerseys, but we saw a good amount of them. We saw like in the article, there's eight different ones. I don't think we, we've seen all of them. Like the Uprising one, we have not seen yet. That was something I noticed as someone working for them now. Um, but yeah, this I think it's pretty cool. Um, oh yeah, they got new pants too that look pretty sweet. Um, anything else, Joe, to say about these jerseys? I don't think so. I mean, I assume we'll get, um, we'll have the option to buy them at some point too. Yeah, that would be very dumb if if they said no. This is player exclusive. <laughs> we don't want to make money. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's get into some player news. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons have some news, which is fantastic because if you didn't know, we're previewing the East Division uh, later today. And uh, the news is Envy has retired. Um, unfortunately, and, uh, fearless is back in for the Shanghai dragons, the return, uh, as he left, uh, according to Liquipedia, he left in April of 2019. He is now back, uh, which makes sense with envy going away. Um, were there specifics about why he retired? I feel like there were, and I forget. Yeah, it might've been, uh, um. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, when it's a retirement, there's not really too much. Like, I mean, Envy is he's been in Overwatch League for a while. He's, people know him. He, I think he's he's not like really a really standout player, but he was good. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else to say about him? Um, it'll be interesting to see him back. He's been on uh, Team CC for almost a full year uh, yeah. since, since leaving the 0-40 Shanghai Dragons. So, <laughs> Yep. Um, so yeah, Shanghai making some more changes here. And that was they had 12 players with Envy on the roster. So like they immediately... Once once Envy was gone, they're immediately back to twelve with Fearless. So 
Um, yeah, we'll talk more about the dragons later in our preview of the East. Okay. Absolutely. Overwatch League season three is going to be on this current live patch 1.44. Um, what do you <laughs> just give me immediate thoughts, Joe, on, on that statement? Yeah, so it's um, it means it'll be it will have been live for what three and a half four weeks um, uh, from the start of the season. So you know that's that's something that's fine. Um, notably, um, uh, just like balance wise, obviously this is the patch with um, the the diva buff, um, some of the may uh, may nerf uh, doofist nerf. Um, relatively small balance patch, um, but and, and we'll sort of we'll sort of talk about this later too. But uh, with some things we've heard from Jeff in the past week or so, that it may be that we start having uh, more frequent balance patches, which is good, um, obviously for the health of the game. But um, specifically thinking about the Overwatch League schedule, um, I think it's it's a good thing too that if there are like more more frequent smaller balance patches going th- continuously through the season um as compared to um the you know infrequent gigantic ones which has sort of been uh like the mo of the league for the first couple of seasons i think that's probably going to be um the way to go um again just thinking about competitive integrity and all the stuff that we can talk about all day um, um th- th- that being said uh, I'm, I'm glad to see um, that maybe we will see some more diva uh, on this patch just because we haven't in a while, um, and, and there are um, lots of good diva players we haven't been able to see much of um, in this league. Also, notably, uh, the Baptiste Immortality Field nerf. That's probably the um, the second biggest change up with May as well. Um, but I, I don't know. So we'll have to see. Um, you, you know, it's relatively new on ladder still. Um, um, whether uh, how that's able to settle sort of in, into the pro scene, and like I said, hopefully they'll be able to um, make some more frequent, maybe smaller changes. Um, uh, keep things interesting, you know, as we go. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, we might as well just connect um, this this patch news with that dev with that whole post that Jeff made because they do relate. Um, so yeah, let's just talk about that too. Um, I totally agree with like that's the more frequent patch changes fit super well with, with this, this year's schedule for the overwatch league, since there are no stages this time around. Um, so I really hope that, that, um, I'm so, first of all, so happy that Jeff made this post, um, on the forums. If you didn't know, Jeff made a post on the forums because everyone's been tweeting. There were le- supposed leaks saying that hero bands were going to come soon. Everyone's been tweeting that they want bands. So I think Jeff, since, since we've learned from this post that there won't be bands coming, I think Jeff wanted to make sure everyone wasn't hugely disappointed when there weren't bands coming. Um, so he made this long post basically saying everything that I think he should have said a while ago, but I'm still super happy that he eventually said it that, um, that he noticed that they noticed that the community wants more changes more often they they hate how stale the meta gets they hate that the meta changes 
like once every two. It feels like the meta never changes, honestly, but they hate that changes come like only once a month at most or at least. Um, And Jeff pointed out that they are going to be announcing some way that they're going to make make it so changes come come quicker. The meta is evolving uh, more often. And Joe, that's just that's that's music to my ears. I I love that. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. The the uh, like the phrase he used. He said, "You know, things are going to move faster," uh, which is yeah, that's that's great. That's <laughs> I don't think. Um, but it, of course, I can say this now, and um, it's it's possible I'll be proved wrong later. But I don't think that's something that people can complain about. Really, is <laughs> <laughs> um, to have. Uh, to have things start to move move more quickly, and you know, it's been—I uh, don't know how long since we've actually had a developer update, um, but apparently that's coming, uh, quote unquote, the end of this month. So basically, um, this week or next, uh, we'll have something from Jeff. We'll be talking uh, on the next podcast, probably. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully by then, for sure. Um, yeah, but just to just to reiterate, he said no hero bands. That's not happening. Um, which makes sense. There's not enough. I feel like there's just not enough heroes yet for hero pants, but, um, I feel like if there is any complaint, what I was going to say, um, it'll be for more casual players. Um, because as a person who, uh, has been playing riot games recently, this past recent year, a lot league of legends, since I worked for echo Fox and now TFT, because I love it. Um, there are, there are patches like every two weeks, sometimes once a week. And I see people on Twitter complain about that a lot. I see people who are just casual players of TFT or League of Legends being like, it's a hard barrier for me to come into the game a week later and all of a sudden the meta is just completely different and I need to relearn a bunch of stuff. Um, so that's the only complaint I could see. Um, and I believe that's the reason why that's probably the reason why the overwatch team never wanted to do it. Also blizzard really likes polish over, over more frequent changes. So they want to, they want to polish the game. So those are their, probably their reasons. But, um, honestly, I even, I, I still prefer more frequent changes because if they're like overwatch, I'm less likely to come back to it. If it's, if, if nothing new is there. Um, and I find myself coming back to TFT because I'm like, oh, there's a new patch, new, new compositions are going to be better. I'm excited. So I'm going to go back to it and play it. So yeah, it's time. Yeah. It's time for Blizzard to evolve. Yeah, that makes sense. The, uh, um, I was scrolling through the Overwatch YouTube channel cause I was curious. Um, and according to their upload times, it's been six months. Um, since we've had a developer update, and really? that was when Sigma. Then that was when Sigma came out. Wow! So I thought it was more recent than that for some reason. Or well, and YouTube rounded it to six months. Let me oh, see okay, when it okay. actually was. Um, it was July. Yeah, July of twenty nineteen. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> was it. Wow, that's crazy because we haven't got a new hero since Sigma too. So. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure everyone will be like hopping back on Overwatch once Overwatch Two comes out, and and there's like six new heroes or whatever coming with that. So that'll be exciting. All right. Uh, any more? Any more to say about this this current patch? The the more frequent updates. Anything else? 
I don't think so. I mean, it's just good to know um, how we'll be starting the season. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we got some talent news. Of course, we've talked about talent leaving. Now we finally get the news about who's joining, some more news about who's joining and where who's going to fill in the new roles. One of the biggest roles that, in my opinion, probably one of the biggest losses was Puckett, who was the host. And it has officially um, been announced by Zoe that Zoe will now host the Overwatch League desk. And I think that is a pretty dang good choice. Do you agree, Joe? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I mean, you know, there's uh, certainly no no uh, lack is the word I'm trying to come up with. Uh, there's, there's no lack of experience. Uh, she's got, you know, after uh, two full seasons now on the desk, um, and, and yeah, being um, <laughs> arguably at times uh, one of the one of the few people who've uh, who's had their heads on straight the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's gonna be good to see, and the uh, the rest of the desk coming out with her, I think. Um, I'm just trying to think what we've uh, had confirmed. Custa is on the desk, yeah, because he's not casting. Reinforced uh, now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which uh, has been leaked. Is, it's not, is next on the bullet. It's not but, official, yeah, it's, but leaked. Um, yeah, it's looking very likely the reinforces reinforce is coming back. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good desk, I think. Which um, obviously we weren't. Um, uh, well, I can say we weren't super concerned that it was going to be a good desk, um, but uh, last week I guess I kind of was. But, <laughs> uh, but, but but I would have been very surprised if they didn't, uh, you, you know, come up with a really solid lineup. And um, it's looking like, um, sure enough, they did. So mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, I mean, the biggest loss to the desk, in my opinion, is Brandon Sideshow, but. I think Cust is a well-worthy replacement for him. And if they get a Vast, who is like the rumored person, he wasn't in Custa's leak, but um, I don't, people on Reddit were like, oh, he wasn't in the leak. That means a Vast is confirmed not. But I, they, I don't think they know how Gmail works. Like there was a dot, dot, <laughs> there was a dot, dot, dot. So there were still more recipients of the email that we just weren't able to see. Um, so a Vast yeah. could have very well been another recipient of the email. Um yeah, so rumor one is a vast, but so far reinforced Custa Zoe. I think that's pretty pretty good. Um, Absolutely. People thought maybe uh, Hex would move down since Semler left, but no, we've we've also got Hex's casting partner leaked and now confirmed. Um, so if you didn't know this leak, go look on Reddit. It's hilarious. Custa was streaming and for some reason was on his email, and uh, yeah, the, a thing popped up for. Um, I don't know what it was. It was like a pictures or something. I can't remember. Yeah, some kind of orientation meeting or something. Yeah, for a talent. And there were people who are who we already knew, and then uh, two people we didn't know were confirmed quite yet. We had a suspicion reinforce would be back. Uh, this confirms he is back, and then the other person is Jaws. Um, if you don't know Jaws, he's a contender's um contenders caster and he will not be casting for the overwatch league he was eu contenders right i think so or at least he's, he's british uh, he's an eu person yeah. yes um so yeah jaws i mean jaws and leg day if you haven't heard of them everyone loves them probably maybe 
alongside like ZP and J or I don't know who ZP was with and contenders. I can't remember Avast, Avast. Yeah. Uh, alongside ZP and Avast, uh, probably some of the best contenders casters. Everyone loves them. Um, so Jaws and Leg Day, unfortunately, have to break up for this. But Jaws, welcome addition to the Overwatch League. Joining Hex uh, as another caster duo. So, so far, we have Jaws and Hex. And also, the email confirmed that Uber is not leaving. So And, and Mr. X. So Uber X, still a thing. Um, then we got Jake and which is Guess, which is obviously great. They're... They're one of the tops. Uh, Wolf and Achilles, Jake and ZP, and then Bren and Sideshow. So five, which is up from four, right? Yeah, there were four last year, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. So five caster duos, which um, yeah, I guess guess makes sense when you have a lot of people going on the move here. Don't want to have to send everyone everywhere that you're going. Um, but yeah, great. Um, and then, yeah, like I mentioned, reinforced leaked by Custa. And I, I just want to, why was Custa on his email while streaming? <laughs> I would, <laughs> I mean, at, the, at this point, he's just got to keep up appearances, right? It's if you're the, the, the leak boy, um, you can't not be the leak boy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, all right. Now, Joe, give me, give me a review. Give me like a preview review. Like what what do you what are you thinking now that we basically know everyone who's gonna be talent this season? Um do you like it better than last season? Is it about the same? Is it worse because of our losses? What are you thinking? Mm. <laughs> that's that's a good question. I mean, um it's, it's it's sort of like we mentioned when um uh like Monty and Doa uh were announced to to leave. Um uh, and, and I think it was you had you you had mentioned that fans from other esports like who, who were familiar with them casting from like League of Legends, uh, for example, um, might you know quote unquote miss them more um, because Overwatch fans or fans of who um, like met them through Overwatch, um, it, it seems like um, aren't as big fans of um, those two in particular, but. Um, uh, anyway, but thinking about that dichotomy, um, and that the talent that we've got this season are uh, a lot of them are you know quote unquote homegrown um, <laughs> within Overwatch. Uh, you know, obviously, players or um, came up in the league, and that's there. Um, there's some value to that for sure, um, as far as that goes. But I'm super interested to just see um how it goes with them casting really i mean uh like jake was able to cut his teeth at the world cup um obviously um people like um people like jaws for example you know casting contenders people like um zp has been all over the place but um um, yeah, I think it's, it's the the strength is definitely there. Um, obviously, some of them are new and is going to have to um, get get used to how that goes. Um, Brennan sideshow that'll be interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to um, uh, how that falls out exactly. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a good uh, a good casting um, like talent group i think for sure yeah i agree i i think 
I think it's, I don't think it's like a huge, I don't think it's like an improvement, but I think it's right there. Like, I think it's just the same. I'll miss Monty and Dill a little bit because I did enjoy them, but I, I will admit that they're better League of Legends casters than Overwatch casters. Um, yeah, and as far, I'm, ex- I'm just excited to see the new, I mean, ZP arguably deserved to be in Overwatch League since it started. He was like widely regarded as the best Overwatch caster before Overwatch League. So it was kind of crazy that he didn't make it the first season. And then I think we all just didn't expect him to make the second season because they already had fantastic talent. But he's finally here now that replacements were needed. That's great. Um, yeah. And I mean, if if they lost Uber X, like I would just be I, I would be done. But um, they kept him. They kept him. Um, and Wolf and, Wolf and Achilles are just fantastic, too. I think. I think everyone. Yeah, they, they were super good additions for last oh, year. Oh yeah, I think they quickly moved up the ranks for me to 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 where Uber and Mister X are. Honestly, like they they are just so knowledgeable and and great casters too. So yeah, people haven't been talking about them too much this off season, and yeah, it's they're still here, and that's great. Okay, um, anything else to say about the talent before we preview the East? Uh, I thought there was something. But I don't. Oh yeah, uh, I was just gonna mention uh, Leg Day um, that he, he did put on Twitter. He said he's uh, something about he's like taking a couple days to think about his future or something. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, so I forget exactly what he said, but but not uh, not uh, getting rid of you know, the option of of. Um, it sounded like coming up to Owl potentially or, or something, but, um, okay. he's not out of the picture. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, keep on, keep on the lookout for that. I, if we hear anything, we obviously will tell you, talk about it next week. Um, exciting. Okay. Let's, if you didn't know, we have been previewing the 2020 Overwatch League season week by week going division by division. So if you want to, uh, hear about our previews of any of the Atlantic Conference teams, North or South Division. Look no further than the than last episode, and then um, it was like two episodes before that, basically. But they're titled North Division Preview and South Division Preview, so just listen to those ones. Um, they're pretty pretty good previews, if you ask me. And now we move on to the Pacific Conference, starting with the East Division. Um, if you haven't listed the other previews, uh, we go through each team. We tell you what we think their best pickup of the offseason was and then their worst loss. We tell you a player that we are looking forward to watching the most. Then we tell you if that team is going to be in the top 10 or bottom 10 of the overall standings. Um, And then once we're done previewing all the teams individually, we'll tell you which team in the East won the offseason and then which team in the East is going to win the entire division. All right, Joe. Well, let's start with the Soul Dynasty, who got eighth overall in the season standings in 2019. They went 15 and 13, just over 500 uh, in the Pacific Division. They were fifth uh, out of the teams that are in the Pacific East. They are second behind Hangzhou Spark and in front of Guangzhou Charge, Shanghai Dragons, and Chengdu Hunters. Um, but barely in front of the, those three, um, all three of them, all four of those teams were super close to each other in the standings. 
in the offseason, <laughs> the Seoul Dynasty lost some players. They lost Zumba. They lost uh, Jexy, who's on Houston now. They lost Fleta, who's on Shanghai. We'll talk about them. They lost Haile, who's on London, and Ryu Jae-hong to, to, to the Titans. They have added profit, gesture, creative, and bedotion. Of course, the London Dynasty. All right, Joe. <laughs> Let's begin previewing with, I mean, they got some good pickups here. So uh, what, what, who do you think is their best pickup? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, <laughs> and um, the, honestly, I think uh, I'm going to go based on like where the roster was before um, the, before the player got added. Um, and so therefore, it's got to be Bedosin, I think. Um coming in on the um well, i want to say on the zenyatta role but that's not really a thing <laughs> yeah uh but, but, but super super flex super flexible support um um uh obviously toby playing uh so it's usually the other uh the other kind of support i think i mentioned on this podcast that like the support role has evolved so much that um uh, you know back in the days when you had a mercy player and a zen player um uh, <laughs> it's it's not really uh, quite as clear cut anymore, but um, I, I feel like uh, probably Bedosin and Toby are going to be your starters. And obviously, we do have creative got pulled up from Gen G. Um, you don't know much about him yet, but um, you, you know you've got to assume Bedosin is going to be an upgrade uh, there in the support role. Uh, but uh, so yeah, he'll be my pick for for really good pickup to uh, make sure Souls in the position they need to be. Yeah. Um, I'll just go with the obvious answer, which is Prophet, who uh, he is the Overwatch League inaugural season finals MVP. Uh, he's a fantastic player, fantastic DPS player, and it's Prophet. He's great. I, I shouldn't have to say much more about that pickup. <laughs> um, next is worst loss. Uh, so they lost uh, a lot of uh, original members of Soul Dynasty, they uh, of Lunatic High technically um five players i mentioned before uh any do you want me to go first on this one and then you can go um i think <laughs> uh i think um well, well i mean it's one of two so you can go and then okay i'll pick the other one <laughs> um i'll just go with Ryu Jae hong from maybe not from like because i think bedosian honestly is a little better than Rio Jaehong. I'll go from like a marketing more of like a marketing like fan standpoint because I think Rio Jaehong was a good reason a lot of the Seoul Dynasty fans were Seoul Dynasty fans. Uh I think Rio Jaehong is one of most of it's it's one of the people's favorite players obviously. The fans love this man. He's handsome. He's great at Overwatch. Uh, and yeah, not having him in a soul dynasty Jersey anymore might, might hurt the fandom a little bit. Um, uh, cause Bedosian, I don't think is what has been as marketable, um, as, as Rio J Hong, obviously. So I'll go with Rio J Hong. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, <laughs> um, and sure enough, like I said, is is probably one of two players, and I'll pick the one you didn't. Uh, so I'm going to say Fleta. Uh, <laughs> obviously moved over to the Shanghai Dragons. Um, and the thing about Fleta is that obviously his uh, 
it's set up as a DPS role. It's uh, a relatively similar position, obviously, to some of the players uh, who are here now. Uh, obviously, Prophet playing a lot of the hit scan, um, but his his uh, projectile is is you know just as good, um, comparable to what we can get from Fleta, or yeah, Fleta. Um, but uh, anyways, so you know, there's there's an argument to be made potentially that um, that. Uh, the with the DPS line that's currently sitting on this team, that Fleta wasn't going to be able to um, slide in well with that. But even still, um, you know, if you're Soul Dynasty, you you kind of kind of hate to lose him. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Fleta was another marketable player too. Everyone everyone loved him as well. Um, yeah, let's move on to. We've talked about worst worst loss, best pickup. But uh, which player are you most looking forward to watching? on this team this season, Joe? Mm, that's, that's a good one. Um, and I mean, other than um, like the the London players <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that now come over and try to um, get used to a slightly different team, I think um, the only like quote-unquote unknown name on this roster now is, is creative. Um because um, and obviously unknown because he's the only uh, uh, he's the only rookie on this squad, um, and I think that's that's uh, more than enough to earn him a spot on this uh, you know players to watch list. I think. Yeah, and I'll I'll go with in the same vein. I'll go with the people who weren't from London because I think everyone has their eyes on Prophet Gesture Bedosian, who are going to make up half of the starting lineup. Um, while I think everyone should talk about like how Michelle, Toby, Fitz or Lissett are going to fill in the other three roles that that are left here. Um, because are they are they an upgrade to that to those London players? Um, is is this roster going to be complete? It's it's really going to be up to them. Overwatch is such a team game. It's a full six that needs to be on the same page that picking up those three players isn't going to be enough. The people you had remaining are going to have to perform fantastically too. So my eyes are on, on Toby, Michelle, Fitz, Elicit, um, maybe Marvel, even if he's replacing gesture at some point, who knows? My eyes are on all of them. Um, all right, Joe, do you think the soul dynasty, of course, last year, as I mentioned, they were in the top 10, barely. They were number eight. Do you think we have a repeat performance? Are they in the top 10? Or has everyone else been making stride? Have been have been making too many strides? Are they bottom ten now? <laughs> I think that's the question. Um, you, you know whether uh, uh, whether other teams might have outpaced them. But I mean, if you're uh, if you're the Soul Dynasty and you're picking up names like Prophet and Gesture and um, and Pedosa and, and all them, I think it's it's um, hard to make an argument that uh, that you have been outpaced um, by a lot of these teams. Um, it, I mean, we've we've been um, burned by the Soul Dynasty before. As far as I mean, season one, you know, they were expected to dominate. Season two, um, they still looked pretty good, um, and, and only like you said, just came out eighth. Um, 
there at the end of the season finally. But um, but, but I am a fan of the way this roster is looking. Um, again, with uh, heavy on experience, heavy on um, you know some individual star power as well. Um, I think they're probably. Uh, but probably going to be able to um, um, pull out pull out of the top ten. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to go top ten. I'm going to say maybe get a little specific here, but maybe not eighth. I'm thinking either nine or ten here because I do think I like their off season. It was it was decent, but I I don't think picking up the London players is as good as people are thinking here. Um. So yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're still top 10, but I think they do a little bit worse than last year, unfortunately. Um, all right. Yeah, that's it for Seoul. We move on to the Shanghai Dragons. Of course, the infamous 140 season turned around. They still did not have a winning record in the regular season, though. They still yet to have a winning season. So maybe they'll try to do that here as they got 11th last year, made the wild card tournament. Unfortunately, did not make it to the playoffs. They went 13 and 15. They got seventh in the Pacific Division, and they were behind the Guangzhou Charge, Seoul Dynasty, and Hangzhou Spark out of these East teams and ahead of the Chengdu Hunters. Um, the Shanghai Dragons this offseason lost. Let's take a look here. They lost Youngjin to retirement. They lost Gamsu to the Dallas Fuel. They lost to Coma. And they lost Envy to retirement, as we mentioned earlier on this podcast. They added Fleta, they added Lip, they added Void, they added Stan One, they added Lee J. Gone, and then Fearless, as we mentioned earlier on this podcast. So lots of new additions. That's an entire starting roster right there, um, minus the support, that they have added six players. So huge offseason for the Shanghai Dragons, Joe. Um, what was their best pickup of the offseason out of those six players, though? Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's um, it's gonna be a hard question. <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, other than Fleta, is <laughs> 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 uh, sort of where you gotta sit at this point. Um, again, lots of names coming from uh, coming from contenders teams, coming from. Um, uh, coming from outside the Overwatch League, um, but uh, again, uh, just like um, it, it was a notable loss for uh, for Seoul, it's definitely a notable pickup uh, for Shanghai. <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah. Besides, yeah, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go with Stan One here because um, it's either him or Fearless that is, is going to be starting main tank here. Uh, now that they've lost Gamsu, who is a fantastic main take, and it's sad that they lost him, but I'll go with Stan One, who's on uh, Gladiator's Legion before this, um, and I'm excited to see him play. I think he's a good main tank. Uh, excited to see him start for this roster, but it, really, all these pickups are gonna are gonna have possibly some some good playing time. I think it was I think it was DM that I heard the news about that he um, might not be able to play for a bit. Um, because he's he's sick or something. I can't remember. I don't know the specifics, so um, don't get upset at me. But I think it was DM. So we we might have some play time from from Lip here. I think we all thought Fleta was definitely going to start, anyways. So yeah, these pickups are probably might might be inserted in the starting lineup pretty often here. So 
Nice. That'll be exciting to see. Um, yeah, it makes always makes for interesting games. That yeah, way. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Jay, I mean, dragons, they need their pickups to be good because, um, of course, they were right. They, they just need a little bit more push to get into that, t- to that top eight there, that top ten overall. As far as worst loss goes, I guess I'll, I'll continue here um, and just say Gamsu. Um, I think he's, he's a great main tank, and Dallas Fuel are going to love having him. Um, he also came with a very cute doggo that they'll probably miss. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any any other losses that you want to mourn, Joe? Yeah, I mean, Gamsu or uh, Young Gen, I think is is your other your other big choice here. I mean, um, you know, talking about a super flexible player, um, and granted, in a a rule set, uh, sort of in the second half of the season that um, doesn't reward player flexibility near near as much as he used to but um but still the super flexible player um and definitely was um able to to step in for shanghai when it counted oh yeah um okay what player are you look most looking forward to watching on this team joe Mm. uh i mean i think um as as a, a fan I was originally a uh, a Farah main actually uh when I, I first picked up this game um and I, I think it makes it really hard not um to to want to watch Didink just all the time <laughs> <laughs> on on the Farah um it's they uh we're actually cuz the official Overwatch League social media has been um stealing our idea and and focusing mm-hmm. on um all of the the divisions individually like we're doing dirty dirty uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so this week sure enough is also the um they're also looking at the east and so today talking about shanghai they were posting um stats on on um today and sure enough yeah they said he's like number one uh on in final blows per 10 on farah and uh, there was some other stat too that he was number one. Anyway, but su- super good, <laughs> super good projectile player, super good far player. Um, um, it's, it's just a matter of whether we can uh, continue to see that out of him um, in this season. Oh yeah, uh, it's. I mean, just I think the strongest part of Shanghai last year, especially once we got to two two two, was was their DPS. I think I remember watching them every time, and I was like my God, their DPS is fantastic. And then watching their supports or tanks just do something stupid. And I'd just be like, Oh my God, if they had, if they had amazing other players here. And, um, so my eyes are on the tanks and supports. They've got to support these deep. I mean, adding Fleta to this already stacked DPS lineup, they've got to, they've got to have those four other, four other players really step up and really be to the level that the DPS players are at. Um, and that way you can, if that happens, you can repeat like their stage three, their stage three championship win, um, and, and be in the top 10 and make playoffs. And that's what they really need in Shanghai. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at all the players, not DPS here to, to step up. All right. Um, Joe last year, they barely, they barely made the bottom 10 11th place, uh, Shanghai Dragons, did they do enough this offseason to push themselves forward into that top 10? 
Yeah, that's the question. And almost, I kind of want to say that that this is, uh, I mean, first of all, this is another bubble team for sure. Um, But uh, I almost want to say that this is a team where there are enough enough young players and enough... um, uh, there's enough t- talents like still to be developed um, that, that that can work against them a little bit. But I mean, at the same time, uh, you've got lots of big names on this roster still. Uh, um, yeah, so I mean, you know, in that sense, I think this, this may very well be a team that um, like it would just depend on where I placed some other teams, uh, as far as whether in the top ten, bottom ten. Uh, tentatively, I, I want to say like eleven or twelve, though. Um, and and we'll see in two weeks when power rankings come <laughs> out um, uh, whether I'm actually right or not. Yeah, I, I'm about my own power. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm also sticking bottom ten this year. I think Dragons had a decent decent showing in the off season i think they could have done better um but i still i still think they're not i mean they're lot they about evened out their losses there in the off season i think they'll just stay where they were last year basically right right there in the middle but uh, yeah i don't see them being super elite or anything okay we move on to the guangzhou charge last season the guangzhou charge went 15 and 13 got ninth place they were sixth place in the Pacific. They in the out of the East teams, they were in third, as I mentioned before, uh, behind Hangzhou and Seoul, but in front of Shanghai and Chengdu. Um, in the off season, the Guangzhou Charge, let's see, lost five players all on the same day. Uh, only Wish, Bishu, Fraggy, Hotba, and Rise. And then as far as their additions go, they've had three so far, Krong, Weya, and Neptuno. So Guangzhou Charge, not the most active offseason as far as pickups go. I haven't seen their name in the news too often at all, honestly. it's It's been a lack of news in the East in general, honestly. Not too much news happening besides from Seoul and Shanghai. So we're going to be... <laughs> The next three teams have haven't been doing so much so far, um, but let's let's talk about the Guangzhou Charge, Joe. Out of Krongwea and Neptuno, um, what do you think their best pickup was? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of a loaded question for me. Um, obviously, as a big fan of the Philadelphia Fusion, um, that I think Neptuno is definitely <laughs> definitely the addition to to look out for here. Um, but just in general, I mean, super good Mercy player um, that, that I was, you know, often to an extent surprised uh, that Philly dropped him in the first place. But um, one of four support players now on this line. Uh, I, I really want to see like Neptuno and Shu <laughs> starting. I think that would be super cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be my big pickup. And I'll, I'll, I'll do the one, I'll do the drop one because yeah, why not? Sure. Rise, Hapa, Fraggy, Bishu, Only Wish. I mean, uh, I'm going to say Hapa, I think. 
um, is, is probably their their most significant loss, uh, their most significant loss uh, for the off season, um, just because of the flexibility he's now going to give to New York. Um, you know, uh, it, it still blows my mind a little bit that they 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 went for Hotpo over Mecco <laughs> um, in the the off tank position, yeah. but um, it's because of um, some of the crazy things he can do. I think. Um, that uh, Guangzhou now won't have access to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hotbo's just an interesting case now because in, in stage one last year, Hotbo was like switching from, from Zarya to like Tracer to all the, like he, he was able to do that of course, because there was no two, two, two. Um, and now it, obviously we're in a different position here where he wouldn't be allowed to do that in one map. Um, he could switch to DPS on the next map if you wanted, but uh, and that's why I guess I'll go with Krong for the best pickup. I think he's a. I think he's he was on O2 Blast before, and I think he is a nice worthy off tank pickup there for for the Guangzhou charge, mostly to be different from Joe. But yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> um, I won't be different from Joe in my loss. I definitely think it's Hotpa because <laughs> he was he was like the captain of this team. Basically, he was the person everyone was talking about, even though on Liquipedia it says Chara is the captain. I don't know if Hotbo was before maybe, but um, yeah, Hotbo was like their leader. It felt like he felt like it felt like he was doing everything for him. So yeah, I'm just going to say that's their, their biggest loss, but it might be, it might turn out to be okay. Sometimes losing, losing uh, your best player can be good for the rest of the team. Who knows? We'll see. Um, what's next. Oh yeah. What player are you looking most forward to watching this year? And I think for that one, it's got to be uh, Krong. I think in the um, the, the off tank role, just because um, currently on this roster we only have two tank players. Um, obviously, Rio returning as the main tank from season two, and now Krong uh, the, in the off tank position. But but only having those two, obviously, he's going to see lots of playing time. Um, and so, so I really want to see how. Um, how that investment works out for for Guangzhou. I mean, um, clearly they're super confident in him, and that's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and say I'll say Nero just because I really enjoy watching him last year. Um, enjoy watching him improve, and want to see if he if he's improved in the off season as well. Uh, I'll go Nero. All right, uh, top ten or bottom ten for Guangzhou Charge. Uh, they were top ten last year uh, in ninth place. Which is interesting because neither of us were particularly high on them. I didn't yeah. think, um, as I remember, <laughs> even all the way throughout the season. Um, I mean, you know, end of end of season two, um, Nero was showing us some really positive things, um, uh, you, you know, on the DPS role. But uh, I, I mean, happy too. I think, uh, particularly the Widowmaker. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to tend to to place them low as well. I think. Um, again, in the bottom ten, I, I think definitely there's there's power in the East, um, but that's more from teams like um, Shanghai or Seoul, um, uh, possibly Chengdu, uh, rather than from Guangzhou. What about Hangzhou though? That team that got top five. It's <laughs> true, and we'll get there next. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll go bottom ten for Guang. I still think they're like close to the top ten, but I think a lot of teams had better off seasons than them and made more improvements than them. So I'm going to go bottom 10 for now for Guangzhou. We're both still sleeping on them. Uh, sorry, Guangzhou <laughs> fans. Okay. 
Yeah, we talk about Hangzhou next, who got a sneaky fourth place last season because I I don't I feel like not too many people talks about talk about how great this team ended up doing. Um, maybe it felt a little bit off. If you look at the standings, Hangzhou Spark, despite being fourth, still had a worse map differential than the Seoul Dynasty, who were in eighth, um, with only plus twelve, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, yeah, and they were lower than the gladiators and rain who were behind them. Um, so all their wins were, were pretty close. If I remember, so I would, I would like to go back on their season and like figure out why, like it doesn't feel like they're fourth. Um, but they got fourth. They went 18 and 10. They went third in the Pacific division behind the shock and Titans. They were the best team out of these East teams last season in the off season. The Hangzhou spark lost, Crystal, Revenge, and No Smite. Uh, and they have picked up only two players, Coldest and uh, Mika. Yeah. So, as I mentioned before, not too much news from uh, some of these teams in the East so far. And maybe there's just not going to be... I mean, there doesn't need to be much more news for the Hangzhou Spark, who had a pretty good season last last year. Uh, between Coldest, Coldest and Mika... Uh, who who was their best pickup, Joe? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, what you go by role or something? But they're both they're both support yeah. players. Uh, but it, I mean, it's good. It's uh, going to be good for them to have a little bit of flexibility. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I guess they had what revenge in IDK, um, and and Bebe last season. Um, so they had they had a little bit of depth there, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's for for both of them, you know, do they end up playing together? Um, do they end up incorporated into um, the rest of the roster? We'll just kind of have to see how that goes. Yeah, uh, I'll go with Coldest just because I feel like IDK is not going to be replaced, and Coldest Coldest plays like the off support type role or whatever, and IDK does not play that. So I'll just go with Coldest because I I really don't think they should replace IDK because I think he's one of the best supports in the league so yeah uh not too many i mean they got two new players two chinese players by the way to join gushui um if that makes any any difference um worst loss um yeah i don't know <laughs> who, who I, I guess i'll go no smite who is the only loss that is still on a overwatch league team um the paris eternal but honestly, Revenge and Crystal—they're pretty decent too. They're—they're they're all pretty, uh, pretty decent losses. Not not that bad, but you—you would have liked to keep them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree with you on on No Sign as well. Um, yeah, again, because he's, um, it, it has been signed now by the Paris Eternal. But um, you, you know, Revenge going to Runaway—that's um, that's notable too. Uh, I can only assume he's still on that roster. That was only in November. Of last year that he he joined there, mm-hmm. um, yeah he he's still um, still playing for Runaway, but, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's uh, not tons of changes makes things difficult. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I guess we'll just move on to the next section, which is, of course, what player are most looking forward to watching this season. Um, I'll go first, Godsby for me, because I've always been a fan of Godsby. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, seeing if he can push the Hangzhou spark a little bit further. I know they were already 
so high up in the standings. And a lot of, a lot of people have been reminding everyone like, Hey, the song Joe spark team got fourth last season. They're still good. They've barely changed their roster. They didn't lose. They didn't lose too many important pieces. Um, like this team's still going to be pretty good. Uh, I don't see them getting higher than fourth, but uh, like I think their DPS is is the way they're going to do that, or some stellar play from Gushway. Um, but what? Yeah, who who are you most looking forward to watch? Yeah, speaking of Gushway, I think um, I think I've mentioned before on this show that um, he, he was one of the players last season that I was super unimpressed with, which is int- well not. Okay, not super unimpressed, but um, just underwhelmed. He, 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 yeah, underwhelmed is, is a good word. Um, you know, coming into season two, he was supposed to be this like miracle tank player. Um, obviously, he performed really well in the World Cup, but um, but that was that was his resume. Um, and, and then coming in and and then playing fine for <laughs> for Guangzhou, just nothing spectacular. Um, is um, it was disappointing so i think um for, for him to step up and be the um to, was he an mvp nominee last uh, year yes if he could actually if he could play solidly as an mvp <laughs> nominee uh that would that would be that would do wonders for this team I yeah think. i i agree with you there uh on those sentiments because he's not he's not a bad player he just didn't live up to the, the hype that he got i pre-season. agree um i definitely agree all right, top 10, bottom 10. They were well into the top 10 last year. Is there like a monumental collapse coming, Joe, or are they just going to make top 10 again? I don't know. I, I think you mentioned, um, uh, I think your phrase, your phrase, um, one of the most recent things you said, talking about, um, you know, this is a team with lots of consistency uh, from, from season two now into season three, um, super consistent roster, that kind of thing. Um, but like you've mentioned, lots um, in a league where lots and lots of teams have made lots and lots of upgrades. I don't know if um, I think if anything, this team's problem would be um, not having um, kept pace with, with the rest of the league um, in, in terms of offseason moves and teams in terms of those kinds of upgrades, um, which obviously we haven't really seen them play yet. But um, I, th- I think if you're a Hangzhou fan, that's probably your biggest concern. Um, and, and like like you said, having snuck into fourth place is uh, <laughs> is definitely an accomplishment from season two. Um, I feel like it is going to be a little bit lower than that, though. Um, and I don't know if that means sixth place. I don't know if that means tenth place. Um, again, some of that might have to settle out once I uh, actually start to rank some of these teams properly. But um, it's definitely going to be. Um, uh, I'm comfortable saying it's going to be a worse um, performance than than season two, which is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm in agreement there. I still think they're top ten. I don't know top five this year. Like, yeah, they did. I, I just agree with everything you said. I reiterate all that honestly. Like, I I don't even know how they got fourth last year to be honest. So, um. I like this team. I haven't ever been really super impressed with them, but I like this team and I still think they're a top 10 team. I just don't know if they're elite. Okay. Last team in the East, the Chengdu hunters, a fan favorite um, because of their wacky play styles last season. Um, And last season, speaking of it, 
They barely made it into the wild card tournament by getting 12th. They went 13 and 15, much like the Shanghai Dragons. They got eighth in the Pacific Division overall. How crazy is that? That eight teams made it to the postseason in the Pacific Division. Eight of the ten teams. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they uh, as we mentioned before, they were the worst team in the standings uh, in this East Division last season, even though, though there was no East Division. Um, this offseason, they lost Jichi uh, Ren, Young Xiaolong, and Gary. And they picked up Aiting, uh, Mali, and Langsa. So not too much happening here either. Uh, but out of those three players, who do, who you who you looking forward to seeing? Who do you think was the best pickup they got? So I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, and say that uh, Chengdu's best pickup was leave, uh, which technically we got picked up at the end of July <laughs> of last year. Um, but we didn't get to see him play at all um, because he only turned 18 in October. Uh, but but he's here now. Um, obviously super famous from his play in uh, World Cup 2017. It must have 2018. been. 2018. Or 20, yeah. 2018. 2018, yeah. Yeah, didn't play in the World Cup uh, this not year. The, the year before last. Um, but uh, super amazing his game player. Um, arguably, that's um, one of one of the weaknesses. I mean, Bacon Jack is, is super nice, but I, I think um, based on his past performances, I think Leave is going to be an upgrade there. Um, plus, he was like the... I, I forget I forget the numbers at the time, but he played like, you know, 24 out of the 27 heroes at the time or something in the World Cup um, at one point or another. Uh, but this is super deep hero pool and um, really nice hit scan. Um, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to watching him um, in uh, season three. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic choice because it probably is going to be the best like new player that's able to play. Um. Yeah, I can't, I really can't choose between Aiting, Molly, or Delaysa. To be honest with you, I don't know too much about any of them. So, um, yeah, I, they're they all look pretty decent. Aiting was on the Taiwanese World Cup team in 2018 and 2019. Uh, yeah, I I think they'll all be pretty good pickups. I don't necessarily think any of them are bad. Uh, but yeah, I'm also most ex- leave is just all eyes on leave. We could answer leave to every one of these questions. <laughs> yeah, except for maybe uh, yeah, the worst yeah, yeah. loss, <laughs> which I'm going to give to um, uh, YXL. I think um, again another hit skin player um, for Chengdu last season, which uh, sort of been been passed over, I guess this season, um, and is now currently not on a team, but. Um, uh, but uh, I think he will be missed for sure. He's a lot like um, Young Jin, I think, in terms of. Um, well, I don't know if that's true or not. I was gonna say he's he's a lot like Young Jin in, in terms of um, some of the like non-obvious um, flexibility type assets he was able to contribute. But I actually don't um, know if I actually want to say <laughs> okay. that or not. Okay, <laughs> but okay. we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's a. Uh, a tough loss. G Chi Ren, I think, is also one. Um, yeah, I, I, and of, and of course, Gary's yes, now coaching. Gary, Gary's so. now assistant coach. 
So he's they lost him as a player, but they still have him as a coach. Coach Gary. Coach Gary. <laughs> um, okay. About, I mean, is the answer to this next question your fair, your, the player you want to watch the most? I think it's just leave for both of us, right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of has to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, as much as as much as Chengdu historically has been like like a one player team, <laughs> uh, whether it was um, you, you know Jenmu or Amang or whoever, but um, but yeah, I think leave is going to define a lot of. Um, the success of this team, uh, particularly you know now that two 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 is a thing that exists, um, but yeah, we just, just got to watch him see what happens. Yeah, see where he goes. I, I'm just I'm super excited to see Leave. Uh, he's, he might be one of the most hyped players. I completely for, I, he he wasn't even picked up in the off season. Um, so that that one's going to be very exciting. I mean, you mentioned Among Jinmu. It's going to be exciting to see Among and how how he performs because obviously he's like the most well known player on this team. Um, from his wrecking ball play. So, yeah. Um, top ten, bottom ten. They were barely in the bottom ten last year. They didn't. They haven't made too many moves here in the off season. Um, but of course, they got leave right before the end of the season. Is that enough for them to be in the top ten this year, Joe? Yeah, I think um, it, it's certainly not going to be enough to carry them. Um, super high uh, just because we're not really in a, a single player carry, carry meta I think it's fair to say um, um, so, so, so I think I'm also going to have to put them in the bottom 10 which is sort of um, sort of reflective of a uh, phenomenon we talked about last week a little bit that um, you, you know first season um, the Atlantic division was super dominating um, season 2 like you said um, all eight, uh, actually not all eight, but uh, eight of ten. Eight, eight of, of ten. the the yeah. ten uh, Pacific Division teams made playoffs. Um, uh, but I think going into season three, I think the momentum is definitely swinging the other way. Uh, I think Atlantic is going to be um, a little, little bit more competitive, a little bit stronger, um, just in terms in terms of raw power than um the specific division will be and so we'll we're touching we're discovering that a little bit um as we touch the east and i imagine we'll see more of that um next week with our our west division review but um anyway just observation there as i place Chengdu in in the bottom half um i think it's a good i think it's a relevant observation i'm going i'm going bottom half for Chengdu as well um yeah, they. I don't think it's enough to push them forward with with all this activity happening around them. Yeah, and I agree. I think Atlantic Pacific. This might be the first year that there's not dominance. I think this might be both. Both are pretty even. We have some equilibrium happening in the league, um, which would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going bottom ten. Now we move on to just an overview of the entire division. What team do you think had, what team do you think won the off season? Of course you had some teams here that did nothing. They can still win the, like Hangzhou spark. They could still win the off season because maybe they didn't need to do anything. Um, but Joe, this is probably the least activity out of, out of any of these divisions, uh, this off season, but which team won the off season despite that? Yeah, I think for me, I'm gonna, um, 
probably give that one to Soul. Um, nothing else for for scavenging the pieces of the London Spitfire, uh, <laughs> which uh, you, you know because. Um, they certainly got um, the the biggest part of that of um, you know Philly Fusion uh, picked up Fury uh, things like that but um, it's it's definitely a, a good thing for Soul I think um, uh, you know as we're headed into the start of the season I'm gonna go Shanghai of course they had the most pickups out of any of these teams um, just by uh, quantity but I do think the quality of the players they picked up is very good too. And um, I, I think they did need a little bit of retooling. I think they know that they want to be a little bit better. And I think they possibly can be with the players they picked up. And I think Flood is a, a, obviously a great addition. Um, so I'll go Shanghai Dragons. Joe, which team is going to win the division? Technically, Hangzhou would have won it if there were divisions last year. Um, do they repeat again or does someone else take the crown? Um, I, I mean, I'm. Uh, I think you kind of have to give it to again, sort of either Seoul or Shanghai, honestly. Um, and uh, of those two, probably Seoul, um, which uh, I already said. You know, I've been burned by <laughs> burned by Seoul before, um, underperforming expectations. But I think they they still um, this season as well have have got what it takes um, to find success. It's just a matter of whether they're able to do it or not. I'll go Hangzhou. I do think their team's good. I think all I think that all this this whole division feels like middle of the pack to me, which they were last year. They basically all were middle of the pack teams. Seoul, Guangzhou, Shanghai, Chengdu, all hovering around that ten spot while Hangzhou was way above them. And I do think Hangzhou like falls a little bit this year, and we kind of just see them all in the middle of the pack again. Um, so I think it's going to be a very close division, just like it was last year. You had Seoul and Guangzhou at 15 and 13, Shanghai and Chengdu at 13 and 15, like all of them super close together. Hangzhou is at 18 and 10. I think this division is super competitive. Like any of them can beat each other. And that, that's going to be one of the reasons why it's, it's going to be so close. And I'm just going to go with Hangzhou again, but in an even closer race, honestly, I don't think they, I don't think they come out three games ahead of Seoul. I think maybe one game ahead. Um, I still think Hong Joe's probably got the best roster of these five, um, but I think I think yeah, I, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a close one. This one's probably one of the hardest to predict, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about the East Division before we wrap it up? I don't think so. I guess trying to um, lay out, make sure we're all on the same page about our plans. So next week we'll we'll do the last five teams, um, teams in the West, and then the week after that we'll have our full power rankings, um, and that'll be on like the fourth or fifth of February. Oh yeah, because then league starts on the eighth. Wow, we're almost getting there. I'm gonna have to make my power rankings soon. Pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. As far as East Division goes, if you guys wanted to know. Uh, when they're playing their first games, they don't play till week two, actually, in Shanghai. And it's Seoul Dynasty, Chengdu Hunters, Hangzhou Spark, and Shanghai are all there. Guangzhou is not going to be there. So um, they'll, they'll be playing the week after that. Uh, but that'll be interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, we get, we get Seoul versus Shanghai, and we get Seoul versus Hangzhou. That's going to be fun. Um, going to be an interesting... Interesting matchup. And also Hangzhou is, I believe, the city that's really close to Shanghai. So that's like a rivalry almost. So both of them will be there. 
Yeah, nice. All right. Um, yeah, next week we do the West, as Joe mentioned. I'm ex- that that one's going to be exciting because that's. I mean, if you look at last year's standings, and you look at the improvements the Dallas Fuel made, not necessarily the Valiant. Um, <laughs> this is. I mean, they had three top five teams last year, and it's going to be interesting to sit to to preview this one. Arguably the best division in the league. All right. Um, social media. If you want to follow us, you can follow me at JW George IV. You can follow Joe at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. You can follow our shows, Twitter at on the flank show. We'll be tweeting out our power rankings there. You can email us on the flank show.com or on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us. Um, if you have any questions, any topics you'd like us to talk about any corrections, um, if we made any mistakes, you're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you could go to on hyphen the hyphen flank My personal YouTube channel, John George, you're most likely going to find that via my Twitter, iTunes, Apple podcast, Spotify, and Google play. Thank you guys for listening and, uh, can't wait for that developer update this week. Look out for it.